On today's Show Me Institute podcast, Dr. Susan Pendergrass is joined by Abby Barola, an education policy research assistant at the Show Me Institute. They discuss Missouri's workforce. Are Missouri's workers prepared for the future? What are some of the challenges they face in career attainment and advancement? And could industry-recognized credentials present an alternative pathway to traditional secondary education? To learn more about free market solutions to move Missouri forward, visit showmeinstitute.org. Here's Dr. Susan Pendergrass and Abby Barola. Welcome, Abby. I'm so glad that you're here today to talk to me about something that I keep hearing about. People are talking about, our governor's talking about, lots of governors are talking about, which is this word workforce development. And I think it's something that people think must be important because so many people are talking about it. And yet, I don't think most people even know what that term means. So before we talk about workforce development in Missouri, could you just go ahead and explain to me precisely what that means? Yeah, workforce development is talked about across the nation. And what it means is the most basic term is workforce is everyone who has a job and is employed in the state. Those people make up the workforce. And so when they talk about workforce development, it means one of two things, usually both. The first is getting people who are not in the workforce prepared to work getting them the schooling, the experience to get into the workforce and find a good job. The other part is finding people who are in the workforce and bolstering their credibility, finding them even better jobs. Okay, so we're talking about people who are not employed or people who are underemployed. And when we talk about developing our workforce, it's because we want it to be both larger and higher quality. Correct. And right now we know that in Missouri we have an issue with that, right? Like our workforce is not what um, companies are looking for, and we're not making good progress towards towards improving that. Is that right? Correct. Missouri is facing largely a skilled workers gap, so employers are having a really hard time finding um, future employees with the right skills or experience or credentials so they can actually hire them. They have people who are willing to work, but they don't have the skills to actually get them into the job. Or the credential. Right? Or the credentials, right. So we have job openings. I know I see signs in the road for CNAs, for certified nursing assistants. I know or I hear that we don't have enough skilled trades in terms of carpenters, electricians, HVAC. I know that there's a problem, but what I don't know is what is Missouri doing? There is a huge problem with finding employees to work in healthcare and science and technology. So CNA, certified nursing assistants, and um, that field of employment is really lacking, so science and technology. And right now, Missouri doesn't really have much to help get people into those jobs. We have career and technical education in high school, but it only gets a small amount of students into the pipeline for jobs. And I think it still kind of has that stigma, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're not college bound or you're not successful in high school, then why don't you try Votech? Right. And that uh, perception, I think, is so problematic because mm-hmm. it's it's I remind people of this all the time. Uh, only 30 percent of people in the United States have a bachelor's degree or higher, maybe 35 depending. Uh, When you add in two-year degrees, you get into the low 40s. In Missouri, those numbers are even lower. So it's so important to remember that almost three-quarters of our adult population does not have a college degree. They're not looking or they're not um, capable or they don't have the credentials for a job that requires a college degree. Mm -hmm. And so we have all these people who don't have college degrees, but they need decent paying jobs. And then we have the jobs that are open and we're not connecting the two pieces together. Is that right? 
That's right. Those are called the middle skills jobs. So right after high school and getting some experience, maybe an associate's degree, but not quite a college degree. And that's what career and technical education can be really good for. And that's more than just going into plumbing or being an electrician. You can go into healthcare. You can go into business, graphic design, marketing. There's a lot of options that people just don't know about because of the stigma around CTE. And you talk about STEM, but you don't necessarily need a computer science degree. You can get certified in Adobe or HTML or Java or many Mm -hmm. of the coding languages, also um, just general IT, right, or Mm -hmm. network support. Right. Tons of jobs in that, right? And yet yet we're not churning out the graduates who can fill those jobs. Now, what I want to talk about a little bit in terms of what we could be doing better is there is an opportunity when our career technical education students are still in high school to get the um, industry credential that they would need to to graduate and be ready for an actual career in a field like healthcare versus just going and getting a job, right? So, mm-hmm. so what it, can you t- tell me a little bit about those credentials that they could be getting? Right. How it works is students would start taking classes in whatever field that they're interested in, and at, ideally, at the end of those classes, when they've learned the skills, they would take these credentialing exams. And that would, depending on what field it is, it depends on how it's formatted. So something in plumbing or electrical work will be more hands-on testing. Right. Um, But it can also be more knowledge-based as well. And at the end of those exams, if they passed, they are administered by industry professionals. So So it's not the school's exam. It's not DESE's exam. It is coming from the uh, field. Mm -hmm. And so this outside group brings in the exam and the student takes it. Yeah, that's correct. So you have a medical associations administering the certified nursing assistant exam. Got it. And that's what employers are looking for because they don't know if the DESE or the Missouri certification is up to par. They already know that people who take those exams have the skills and the knowledge that they need for the job. So if you apply for a job or if you have a resume, you have that on there, then they can say, okay, you already, I know the test that you took Mm -hmm. and I know that you passed it. So I know that you have some minimal skills required versus knowing like, what your high school diploma means because unfortunately in Missouri we know high school diplomas are meaning less and less all the time right I think 90% of our high school students graduate on time but what's the percentage that are college or career ready according to DESE it's about just under 43% so half yeah that's of the people who do they get the the high school diploma Mm -hmm. but according to the Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education or DESE they are not college or career ready and I don't understand what that gap is to me that's confusing but Mm -hmm. I mean they should be one or the other right um so and that includes uh the military exam that includes the industry exams that includes ACT SAT Mm -hmm. uh college readiness benchmarks for so so, there's something is going wrong there so about how many students in Missouri take one of these industry exams to get a credential in 2017, um, about 8,500 students passed an industry exam. Excuse me, 8,500 exams were passed. Oh, so see. students may have doubled up on tests. So it may be only 5,000 students actually walked away with credentials because if you know Photoshop, you might know Excel right. and Word really well. So you passed four or five exams. Sure. It's hard to tell. So less than 10,000, though. Yes. Which, if we really want to grow our workforce, Mm-hmm. That's not going to really make a big dent, right? Fewer than 10,000. Right. Um, why do you think our career technical education programs aren't getting more students to take and pass these exams? <laughs> that could I mean, be many reasons. Yeah. Right. I think the first thing is students, 
think that the only way to a good job is with a college degree. And to get a college degree, you take AP classes, you take the STEM fields, you don't take other career classes because mm-hmm. career classes have a really bad stigma like we talked about. But I think if we start to link career education with college education, like if you want to go to nursing, start with a CNA, then you can do bridge programs to be a licensed nurse, and then you can be a registered nurse. And that makes the process so much smoother and easier on the student. And you're ahead of the game by the time you finish Mm -hmm. high school. Because otherwise, if you do want to be a nurse, you finish high school, and then you go take the CNA uh, certification. And that so you're like, you could have finished that while you're in high school and instead you do it after the fact. Mm -hmm. And I do know that like people say that those folks who are talking about getting more kids into the CTE programs because they may not want to go to college often don't see their own kids taking that track. Right. Yeah. Not everyone has to go to college, but my kids do. Right. right? So (laughs) there is something to this, you know, we really need to uh, shine a light on the opportunities for students because also, a lot of kids go to college and don't finish. Mm-hmm. Like, what percentage finish in Missouri who start? I think about half in six years. Yeah. And kids get, or students, I shouldn't call them kids, students get, take on debt for that, mm-hmm. right? When yeah. it could have been a better path. Even in the STEM fields, if you get some certifications in high school and you start working in uh, computer science, you could still go to college and get your computer science degree, right? Right, and that helps a lot with students. They get to work in their field, so at the end of their college experience, they're saying, okay, I'm going to employer, and I have these credentials, I have my four-year degree, and I have this three or four years of experience in my field. That makes you a competitive applicant. Sure. Uh, Yeah, that's a really good point. So here's what we know. We know that Missouri GDP growth is behind most of the rest of the region, right? Yeah. And wage growth is behind the the rest of the region for the most part standard of living we know what do we know about how companies feel about our workforce they feel pretty stuck they aren't able to find workers with the right skills so this leaves them at a pretty sad spot when they're thinking i have my company missouri and i need to expand i want to expand but i can't find the people to work (laughs) work in missouri let alone moving to missouri to right moving your company to missouri or Mm -hmm. wanting to start a company and thinking i'll do that in missouri yeah, it's Le- it's double-sided because they can't find people in Missouri, but people don't want to move to Missouri because the standard of living is so low, wages are lower. So they're stuck thinking, okay, I can't expand, so I'm going to have to move somewhere where I can find applicants, and applicants want to come to me. Sure. So the governor actually does have a big problem. So like all these people <laughs> talking about workforce development, it actually is, it's a big problem. Yeah. Now, I, I can only imagine that there are states who are finding successful ways to address the problem. What do you know about that? One policy option that we have seen is states have given bonuses to teachers to actually help their students get these IRCs so that at the end of high school they can walk into the workforce ready and prepared to work. And so this has taken effect in Florida and Kansas and um, a couple other states as well, but they have had longer programs where we've actually seen benefits. So IRCs, you mean the industry-recognized credential? Yes. And so... Let's just unpack that a little bit because people get a little nervous when they hear about teachers getting uh, bonuses or incentives Mm -hmm. for things that maybe they should just be doing anyway, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, we do know that students aren't taking the exams in very high numbers. And we also know that really there's no incentive for teachers to finish up the semester and make sure that their students get this other than them just being good people and caring about them, right? The IRC is totally optional, whatever way you look at it. So the only way to get students to get this optional 
certifications is to have someone encouraging them, telling you, hey, this is what you actually need to go into the workforce. So, okay, let's talk about the money angle. Mm -hmm. How would that work in practice? How that works is that you have a lump sum of Florida and Kansas are around $500 that they give to the school. And that gets broken down. Some goes to the school, the career and technical program, but then some goes directly to the teacher. Um, $25 to $50, depending on how the student got the credential with college credit or not college credit. Um, and so that the teacher receives that bonus directly. Okay, so um, so in a given school year, a school has 100 students who successfully pass an IRC. The next year, that they report that to the state. Mm-hmm. The next year, for each of those students they get an additional $500 in state funding. And of that $500, the teacher might get 50 directly into their paycheck. Or, and if they had 10 students, they can get an extra $500, basically, right? Right. So if you have a teacher in computer programming class and they get a few students to take it, then they get a couple extra $100 that otherwise they wouldn't have had. And the students also benefit from having those credentials. And also maybe gives the school district's uh, career and technical education program uh, a chance to hire people mm-hmm. from the field who uh you know, are not from the teaching field, but from the field where, you know, they expect to maybe have incentive pay or, you know, it's, it makes it in their best interest to really make sure that as many students as possible take the exam. That's right, because some of the money from the bonus pay goes to the career program, yeah. so they can spend that wherever they want to, whether that be on equipment or facilities or hiring teachers for more programs. Okay, so $500 per student for each of those students who successfully passes an IRC who would not have done it mm-hmm. normally how do we make that how do we make up that uh, cost you can make up that cost by just a small jump of an extra ten thousand dollars a year in a student's or paycheck. even lifetime or even their it lifetime one time five hundred dollars right so, so <laughs> the moment they make ten thousand more than they yeah. would have seemingly that's mm-hmm. paid back yeah and i think that a Missouri high school graduate on average makes $28,000 a year. So just bumping a student up with a credential into a computer network specialist will put them in a much higher income bracket right away and in the long run. Even in the low 30s, then mm-hmm. they imme- it re- immediately comes back to the state. And then over time, the return on that investment's like got to be exponential, right? Not mm-hmm. even taking into account the fact that maybe companies would be more comfortable moving here or expanding here. So like the overall benefit of a higher quality workforce factored in. It seems like a very, to me, it seems like a low price to pay for improving our workforce, particularly in light of the fact that nothing else we're doing is working, right? (laughs) Yeah, this would be very secure in making sure these credentials get students into jobs that pay better than what you would with just a high school degree. And so right off the bat, you have students um, funneling more into taxes, but then you also have companies wanting to come here, those students being able to invest other way, um, other ways in the community, and um, technology fields actually have a return of like 2.9, so every tech job, there's almost three times as more other jobs in the field. So just investing in that alone would be a huge return. And then the states that you mentioned, you said Florida and Kansas. What is What have they seen since they started this? So Florida started in the 2008 school year, and they first had 800 IRCs that students were earning, but that jumped to over 86,000 IRCs in 2016 school year. So that's a huge jump of how many IRCs are being earned. And that's across the board of we have students um, earning Microsoft, 
or Excel, very basic ones to prove to employers that they have foundational communication skills. But we also have students in Florida that are earning aviation, healthcare, or um, other more Vet tech. detailed. Right. Culinary. Yeah. Right. Culinary is a popular one. Culinary is a popular one. Yeah. So all these fields of what you wouldn't traditionally think career in tech education is, but Florida students are walking out of high school with these credentials and either can get into higher level post-secondary education right away, or they can go into the workforce right away. IRC is the new college degree. <laughs> Let's see. IRC is yeah. the new associates. Associates is the new bachelor's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I have to, I said that backwards. The bachelor's is the new associates, right? I mean, I feel yeah, yeah, like yeah. we keep upping the game. And so now mm-hmm. simply having a high school diploma and showing up to be a mechanic isn't really going to cut it, right? Right. You need to be automotive service excellence certified. Yeah, you need to have the certifications to bump you up from, I just have a high school diploma to, I have my high school diploma and I have expertise in my field. And I can prove it. And I can prove it and you know it's true because you trust that this certification says I do. Training for your initial career seems to me to be a lot more effective than job retraining, you know, trying to retrain people (laughs) after the fact. And so to me, like your biggest bang for your buck is going to take somebody who's interested in a field have them leave K-12 education ready to launch Mm -hmm. in that career at really a very small cost. Really a small cost. It is a small cost considering probably what other job training programs cost um, because they cost the employer time. If teacher's already in the classroom, they're already getting compensated just an extra boost to make sure students have the IRCs um, and facility costs, everything else that comes with labor development further down the road. Yeah, it just makes sense to do it this way. Um, Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like that um, a reasonable person would agree with this, so I'd be really curious to see if Missouri gives this a try. I think that there is the potential for pushback in terms of blending a really solid workforce development idea with the um, traditional K-12 public school system, just because yeah. they can be at odds. Uh, a lot of times people don't like the idea of giving teachers bonus pay because if we start with giving a certified nurse who comes in and Mm -hmm. teaches a CTE program bonus pay then everyone's going to want bonus pay so the two things get (laughs) blended together and then we all um, suffer the consequence of not being able to put a really solid policy idea into place so hopefully we'll be able to overcome that obstacle to this real problem I mean we we know people aren't moving here and we know that we have a net out migration of people with bachelor's degrees so mm-hmm. we need a solid, like, a real-time solution that can fix that. So. Yeah, and I think the IRC bonus pay would help invest in our local workforce, invest in our graduates who are about to be in the workforce, and make sure that we have a sustainable economy in the state. And it also gets at that gap between 90% mm-hmm. high school graduation and 43% college or career ready. I mean, we need to do something to address that gap. Yeah, we need to do something. And this is a really good place to catch students who have an interest but aren't yet lost in college loans or time management or anything. So they have the credentials to start working, know that they like the field, and have the experience and the finances to go on. Well, I think it's a great idea. I really appreciate you explaining it to me and to everybody so that next time we hear the word workforce development, we'll have some notion of what people are talking about. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Show Me Institute podcast. Download and subscribe on Apple Podcast and find Show Me Institute on SoundCloud at SoundCloud slash Show Me Institute. For more free market solutions to move Missouri forward, visit showmeinstitute.org.